Well, hello again, welcome back to the Jason and Peely Project. Today is Multifamily Foundation. Super excited to have Robert Martinez on the show. Hey, Robert, how you doing? Man, how are you doing? I am doing super. You have a great setup right down there. So excited to have you on the show and a little bit more about Robert. Robert's the founder and CEO of Rockstar Capital, an investment and multifamily property management firm specializing in the acquisition and management of value-add opportunities across Texas. Currently, the portfolio is 3,762 units across 21 communities. He's got a lot of backgrounds. He's won a lot of awards across his property management. Looks like he runs property management in-house. We have a lot we can talk to today. And really, let's just dive in. So here, I see your main focuses are really on the strategy, the investment capital, and securing appropriate financing. And you said you just got off an investor call, which there's a lot of investors out there just wondering, what's next? And none of us have the crystal ball, but how are you taking the day-to-day operations really as you are progressing throughout managing such a large portfolio? You know, the the, the day-to-day started three years ago. That's when this started because you are where you're at today and how you're handling this today based on the decisions you did three years ago. Three years ago, I, I, I sat with a mentor. His name is Gary Vaynerchuk. And he told me, hey, you need to find holes in your business and then figure out a defense against it. And one of the holes in my business was that I was unknown. I didn't have much of a brand. People didn't know where to find me. And if I can't find me, how are they gonna how are they gonna lease from me? Right. So it's really important that we over the last 36 months, we spent a significant amount of resources. We have an we, you know, we have our own in-house video team. We are able to now storytell. We have reputation management that that ranks among the highest in the country. When people come to our sites, they're going to be able to not just uh, read reviews, but they can now go through the entire leasing process online only they can take a virtual tour within one of our models and take them room by room by room it's like a little dollhouse that takes them all the way around they can follow their application online they can pay their rent online they can send in their screening information they get everything approved so that they don't have to come to the office other than to get their key that has made a big difference right now um since this officially started march 23rd um i just got off a, a large investor call uh, um and we did 168 leases 70 of which we're online only. That's 105 leases for the portfolio that where people did not come to the office. There was no, you know, our offices are closed, but they're open for a schedule by appointment. We, we observe social distancing, but a lot of people don't want to do that, right? They, they want to just, but they, they do want to leave. And so, or, I'm sorry, they do want to move in and they want to leave wherever they're at because there's an issue there. We got 105 leases with the doors closed. And we knew we had this capability. We knew people were taking advantage of people from out of state or out of town, you know, six months ago, a year for a year ago, where, you know, that's how they would find us. They find us online. They, they, they would uh, check out our sites, look at our videos, read the reviews, and then they would lease. Now, 70% of the market is doing that. And if you didn't, we didn't make that decision 36 months ago, we would be in a very different situation right now. There would be 105 move-ins that are not expecting. Those movements haven't even occurred yet. So I'm looking forward to, my, to, 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 to the occupancy going up. But more importantly, they have to pass screening, which means they still have a job, which means they have good employment, they have good rental history, and they're now ready to enhance the integrity of our portfolio. So it, it's, I think you prepare for this today, three years ago. So you prepare three years ago, you come up with the rock star brand, which is you. What's that through message that that brings across not only to your tenant base, but also to your investors? 
Well, to the investors is I, I'm one of the best operators in the country. Uh, our company has won 17 city, state, national apartment association awards. Our company is ranked number two nationally for online resident satisfaction. That's against Graystar, Camden. I don't care who your name is. We're number two nationally. We have the number one and the number two property ranked highest for online resident reviews in the country. And I'm the country's only two-time National Apartment Association Independent Owner of the Year. That's the brand we wanted to get out there. There's a brand of confidence, there's a brand of credibility, and more importantly, results. I've done 12 100% cash out refinance events since 2011. I, I put those numbers uh, put those numbers uh, against anybody. Before I ever took an investment dollar from 2007 until 2011, I ran 2,000 units as the operating arm in, in another company I was involved with. I, I cut my teeth during the Great Recession. That's when I learned. I, I used my sales background from my previous life, brought into the apartment world. I taught my team how to lease. I taught them how to survive. I taught them the whole how to how to ask the right questions, how to how to make sure you 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 make the prospect feel comfortable, and how to close the door. Uh, we then we show you how to take care of them. All those things I learned before I ever took an investment dollar. So now with my own company since 2011, almost 4,000 units, 380 million dollar portfolio. I believe that's why we're successful. That's awesome. Now, as an operator, what are those operating components that you're doing that are just bringing such great reviews? I think number one is you got to have heart. You got to recruit people because the name of the game is people right now, right? One of the things that we first did when this occurred, and there was a lot of, uh, of uncertainty in the market, we brought certainty to our teams. I told them right now, I don't care what happens. I got your back. Yeah. I asked you all the time to cover my back, to play with heart. I'm going to make sure to I'm going to make sure that I, where I'm here for you, and I'm going to show you and I'm going to guarantee your employment this entire time. I don't care if I have to use my reserves. I don't care. If I have to tap my line of credit at the bank. I'm going to make sure that my team comes to play every day. And then one thing they don't have to worry about is am I going to have a job tomorrow? Because I can't get the best out because this will pass. And when this passes, you're going to be judged. And yeah. your team's going to remember how you are. So I surround myself with heart, number one. Number two, I want to make sure that the right story gets told out to the public, right? You go to hate sites like apartmentratings.com or even Google, and there's nothing but negativity, right? Why? It's there because you let somebody else control the narrative. You need to control the narrative. Because when somebody moves in, aren't they happy? When somebody renews, aren't they happy? Why would they be renewing? So why don't you get them to put a review for you? Why don't you drown out the hate? Why do you let somebody who's being evicted for non-payment of rent control the narrative? Why do you let somebody who's being evicted because because they they can't park it in um because they park in a fire lane and you want them to, to to not park in a fire lane or they park in a handicapped spot and they come in and they start you know trying to hurt you? Why are you letting them control the narrative? Why don't you let the positivity of your business control the narrative? You don't become top ranked in this country without telling that story. And it's my job to promote it or I'm demoting what we're doing. So my teams understand that. And as they understand that, that I think is the beginning of operations. You know, I kept saying the certainty message is so important because I saw people just literally firing people when they, we had no certainty of where this was going. I mean, March 23rd, you're, you're just day one firing people. Well, what's the message that's going to send out to your team, right? That team is going to say, okay, so three weeks later, a month and a half later, you bring them back. You think they're going to trust you through the next up and down here? And so you look at this and you look across your point, it's going to be how you adapt to uncertainty, right? We have so much uncertainty we can, we can have across the board, but it's going to be uncertainty that we're going to be judged on. And like, right? restaurants, you know, I've opened restaurants before and the negative reviews, because that's usually the people who write the most reviews are the negative. But if you ask for the people who you're doing your best thing for, 
that's that's just a great point, right? You want to have those people who maybe just don't think about it, right? If they're renewing their lease, they're not thinking about writing a review because they're they're happy. Generally, you'll get that wrong response where someone will just come across the board because you know, like they said, you're parking in the fire lane. So asking for for the, the all the good people, not letting a one person who just did something that wasn't ideal for the property stand out because they're the, they're the one that's the message has been sold. So now looking back at 2008, 2010, 2012, when you're operating compared to today. What are some of the parallels or just some of the differences you're seeing in those times? Well, there's a lot of fear right now, right? There's a lot of fear going on in the marketplace. And again, you want to control the narrative because your residents are, are, are what are going to dictate your financial future. So mm -hmm. what are they watching? They're watching CNN. They're watching Fox News. They're watching the president speak. And they're watching whatever rumor they find on, on social media. My mom sent me one the other day about how they're closing this and there's a curfew and just some ridiculous. I'm like, mom, what are you talking about? You sound like Nazi Germany. Well, where are you getting this from? Oh, I saw it on, on Facebook. I'm like, yeah. All right. So that's where your residents are getting the information from. So you got to come in there and be the adult in the room. You got to stand up. Just like you're going to stand up and lead your company and let them know, hey, you're going to be securing your employment. Hey, here's a $250 check that, that we gave to all of our residents, to all of our staff to let them know, hey, I'm here for you. This should help cover your extra your extra uh, funds this month. And I'll probably do it again in May because it's the right thing to do. But with the residents, you've got to lead them. You've got to control the narrative. First, you got to warm call them and let them know, hey, are you okay? What's going on with you? Do you need any assistance? Are you aware of all these different assistance programs coming out? Are you aware that we're going to be closing the office? Now is the time to get your work orders in because come Monday, we're going to close the office for emergency work orders only. You know, you've got to guide them through this process. Then you have to try to promote, right? Hey, if you can pay your rent on time by the first, I'll give you 5% off May's rent. Oh, wow. Okay. That gives me some certainty. That gives me mm -hmm. some comments in a base to work off of. Now, here it is, April 4th, and we've collected like 80, 84% of the rent. Okay. Mission accomplished. Now, how do we get the, 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 the late payers? How do we get the stragglers? Okay. So you make another promotion with them. You do another payment plan with them. If they can pay the rent by this month, they will get um, late fees knocked off from last month. Or they'll get they'll get a credit. Anyway, whatever you can do to help control this, to help bring the fear down, and let yeah. them know we're here. And also, hey, let them know. Many of them don't even know that uh, that, that, that the government gave enhanced unemployment benefits. Nobody knows. Here, state of Texas, the max weekly benefit is five hundred and twenty-one dollars, and that's if you're a high wage earner making sixty or seventy thousand dollars a year, mm -hmm. right? But if you're making thirty, forty, it's going to be a proration of that. But the government came in and added six hundred dollars on top of that. Yeah. So. They may not know that that's coming when, when their unemployment check comes in. So now my residents have, let's say, 300 bucks, 400 bucks, not the full 521. But now they have another 600. They got 900 to $1,000 in their pocket every single week that they didn't know, but they're making fear-based decisions like not paying their rent. Like they have to hoard this. No, you got money coming in, right? So if you educate them, you can control the narrative. And that's what we've been doing. We've been educating them in a very, in the most sympathetic and empathetic way we can to let them know we're all in this together. Yeah, one of the best things you could do right now is be a facilitator of great information, right? So I set up Google Alerts and I pass those along to the management company. And really from that point, it allowed them to reach out to tenants and tenants need to hear from you. You don't want tenants to be in the dark because ultimately who knows how they're doing. So reaching out text message, email, letters, whatever the point, because especially if you're not going to have the office open, just to know that you're there for them. You're trying to find other ways because just through the Google Alerts alone, I found three or four local programs that I wouldn't know because I'm a thousand miles away from my apartment buildings that, yeah. that are there. And I got ahead of it from the management company and 
And some of those residents are now able to really have another angle that they can go out. So now having the property management side along with the operation side, what, what is some of the, the advantages you see to that right now in this specific time where if you were using third party, you wouldn't have that advantage? Well, look, and, and I know I, it sounds like you use third party. I'm not a fan of third party. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a situation where, and I joined a real estate club to begin with, right? And that real estate club, they showed me how to run operations. And one of the number one things that they did was they asked that if you're going to take investment dollars from somebody, that you quit your job and you guard this with your life. And that's what I did. When I got yeah. started in this business back, back in 2007, 2008, I walked away from my $150,000 a year day job, which is good money here in Houston, Texas. And I, and I went to work on site. Mm-hmm. making $32,000, $36,000, you know, for a period of time until we grew. But I learned the business and I learned and I learned, I learned how to collect and knock on doors, right? Cause it's a skill. I learned mm-hmm. how to lease an apartment the right way. It's one thing where I'm trying to sell a $500 piece of equipment to a guy with a PhD, right? And explain to him, Hey, the life cycle cost benefit. The whole other story, having that same conversation with somebody who's making $35,000 a year and you're trying to lease a $600 apartment. You got to go through this, right? And really, I, I, I can't trust a company that's a thousand miles away to have my best interests. It's not their money. They don't have skin in the game. I do. And when I have skin in the game, that means my kids have skin in the game. That means my mama's got skin in the game. That means my mother-in-law or whoever else is important to me has skin in the game. And so I think those are some of the success traits that I had in my business of being a good operator is that I was willing to learn. I ran 2000 units under my other company before I ever took an investment dollar. Yeah, and that well. was really important to me because I need to make sure that before I ever raised the money myself, right, that I was confident and secure that I could return that money back to them. And I guess that's why I have the returns that I have where I've got 12, 100% cash out refinance events. I would have had some more this year, but, you know, the virus knocked that out for a little while. Um, not because my operations aren't there, but because the banks are really, really squirrely right now and changing terms on. I had a refinance that was going to return, uh, you know, a monster refund. We probably was, we paid $20 million for it in 16. It's worth $33 million for it right now. We're about to do a monster refinance event. We were going to actually reduce our debt service because the IO period is so low mm-hmm. that now the bank wants to go and take a, 18 months of it and put it as, you know, P&I reserve. Yeah. And it's like, well, what do you do? You know, I'll wait until this this is over and then we'll go back and try to get our our, our, our bite of the apple then. Well, yeah, the strong operations gives you the ability to choose the right timing. And that's the, that's the best thing, right? When you have the reserves, you have the cash flow. And honestly, you have, to the point, solid debt, long-term debt. You can sit there and make good choices. You're not pushed to a decision where if you were mm-hmm. sitting there and you need to have this across, and now you have to put all this money extra pocket to change the narrative. So looking at what you're doing now, how is your acquisition strategy change? Or, or are you still acquiring? Because now we're looking at the different loan options that, are, that we now have to come to the table with. Yeah. So in February, I had a big rock star tour. I rented out a bus and I took my investors to four different rock star properties. Each of these properties were ranked in the top 1% in the country for resident satisfaction. And, and each of those two nights that we had this event, I, I presented two different deals that we were going to do. They were deep in South Texas, a new market for us. One of them I was in contract in. The other one I was essentially in contract in because the earn, the, all that was missing was wiring the earnest money. And I'm looking at this deal and I'm thinking, dude, this is crazy. Like, what if they what if they do a shelter in place order? What if what if the banks start playing around with terms, right? Because they get scared. What if money dries up? And so I decide, you know, we're not gonna do this. I'm not gonna do this on this deal. I, I'm not, it's too far south. Um, I haven't even started due diligence yet. I'm gonna have to get into units. I don't know what finance is gonna look like. And more importantly, I don't know what collections are gonna look like. 
I don't know what's going to happen because you could buy that deal today on this cap rate against this NOI. But if collections drop between now and the next 90 days, 60 days, I'm going to buy this deal. Isn't it worth less than what it is when I bought it? Well, what if it's a Fannie loan and not a bridge loan? It can't support a lower valuation because you just borrowed the money 75% of this number. Mm -hmm. Or what if you think you're going to get into it and now the collections fall and the bank wants to retrade you? Yeah. So we decided not to do that deal. The other deal that I did have in contract, I had personal money in the deal. I had $100,000 hard. We already had done our due diligence. All we had to do was close. And it just didn't feel right. I had equity coming in that was ready to go. The bank was offering their terms, but I know it's going to change once they see mm -hmm. that the collections fell 15%. You know, And I'm just like, I don't need this deal that bad. You know, I have 21 deals I need to worry about. I got $100 million of people's money, but more importantly, my own family's money. My kids' yeah. money is in these deals. Why am I chasing a deal? And so I think that's the difference between me and the average syndicator is that I don't need to get paid. I already, I have 21 deals, right, where I'm the majority owner, mm -hmm. right? I have $100 million of people's retirement, their nest eggs, and they rely on us to produce a, produce a return you know, every quarter. As you said, some people are stopping distributions. You saw one of the big syndicator guys out of Miami, Florida, who who got a lot of crap, you know, for, for pausing his syndications, his, his um, distributions when he's used to doing it every month, which is that, to me is a broken model. You should do it quarterly, not not monthly. But he's getting a lot of hate for it. Maybe, maybe rightfully so. But yet he's telling you operations are doing really well. Well, are they really doing well? Or are they not? Because why are you not distributing? I don't want that criticism. I want to know that I, I, that I'm running my deals in the way that I can sleep at night, that I can take care of my teams and I can take care of the investor that gave me the money. So mm -hmm. we're doing distributions this quarter. And maybe if my mind was focused somewhere else, I wouldn't have been able to make the decisions right now to keep it steady. I got I have 21 deals I need to focus on. I don't yeah. need a 22nd deal that bad. Yep. And sometimes it's that one deal that takes up now 50% of your time because it's not aligned with everything else going on. So yeah, great choice. I hear you. And looking forward, what do you feel like the lay? And of course, you don't have a crystal ball. So that's just, that's just hypothesized, right? Looking forward to the rest of this year. How do you feel the rest of this year is going to shape up in terms of- I think it's going to go incredible. Yeah. I think for us, it's going to go incredible because right now we are leasing in a, with a capability that most others don't have. They don't have virtual reality, but they don't have that 105 leases in the last 30 days as a result of VR and online leasing. So I feel good about that. Renewals, we haven't talked about renewals. Renewals are going crazy right now because we are pushing them. Yeah. We, we know people are afraid. So I'm going to take advantage of this. I know they're not going to want to leave. So I'm going to find out, do you want to stay? And we're offering special than renewals. We've never done a $2 renewal, right? And I was trying to explain to the investors, like, listen, that I know that's not the plan that we did, but- all the money you make in real estate occurs when people renew, not when they move out. Because when they move out, you got vacancy loss, you got marketing costs, you got commission. Oh, and you still got to get the unit ready, right? You might have to buy a new carpet. You may have to repaint. You got to resurface. You got a new appliance. You got a, a variety of things that could happen. And as you got, as you know, the average the average turnover is fifteen hundred to three thousand dollars to turn a unit. Well, now that stays in the NOI. Yep, that's absolutely it right. Stays in the NOI. Everybody's renewing. So I think right now. With the, with the occupancies we're at right now, which are around 94 and change, with the new leasing coming in and with renewals at an all-time high, I think we're going to finish strong this year. I think this, mm -hmm. this virus is going to pass. Uh, um, I, I'm not sure what state you're in, but here in the state of Texas, the adults have, have decided that they're going to start command, they're going to start ruling and yeah. governing, and they're going to reopen the state, uh, rightfully so, because uh, the, the uh, figures don't match mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> the, 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 uh, the cure right now. And so I, I think uh, I think we're going to be fine. 
you know, yeah. for today is the first week that retail is going to open up for us again and that restaurants are coming next and it's going to start to get back to normality, you know, but I, I think we're going to be okay. I, I'm a little worried about oil, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, having seen minus $35 a barrel yesterday or and right. with a couple of dollars a barrel today, yeah. you know, it's really interesting because, you know, I heard Trump say on, on the, on TV yesterday, uh, or somebody was telling me that he wanted to buy 75 million barrels and put into our reserve. But I don't know when that buy order went in because at one point they were they were giving you thirty five dollars to take it. Obviously, the U.S. Yeah. government can take it, right? So when re- I did the math, somebody could could potentially pay him two point five billion wow. to take the oil. I'm like, that's genius. If he yeah. got, even, if he <laughs> even if he didn't, he paid a dollar. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, right? So yeah. there's an take opportunity right now to 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 be a good business owner, to be a good Ooh. steward of your investment of, of your investments. Uh, uh, I, I think we're going to be okay the rest of the year. I mean, yeah, I agree. We're doing distributions later this week. I told the investors, I'm like, oh, we're going to do it. We made money. We have our PPP loan funded. Mm-hmm. We have six months reserves. We're going to do it. Yeah, this is a housing need, right? The housing need is still there regardless. And, and keeping heads and beds is most important right now. And it just the approach of where some people are in large repositioning phases and they were saying, well, you know, if I take this out and get a hundred dollar rim up, well, is it better to get a $25 rim up and not have the, just on a release and have the CapEx hit and have the vacancy and the downtime and having to go through this no. whole leasing narrative? No, no, not at all. Keep no, the person no. in the unit, right? <laughs> so not have that go down. So, and no. for us, we, we got different states across the states we're in. So I, I live in New Jersey that will probably be a little slower oh. than most states to come back yeah. but our yeah. other states kentucky georgia and the others they'll come back a little quicker because they don't have the same you know 20 minutes outside new york city so we'll we'll see but i'm not i'm not stressing to the fact right here because it's not something that i can immediately control so i can control what i'm doing with our our, our operations but past that then you know there's other reliance that we're going to go for but i do think that we're going to get back we're going to move if we have a little hiccup again that's going to maybe put some you know some other chaos in there but you have to look at your properties and if you've been strong from the start with what you're doing then there shouldn't be an issue now if you were weak on really your business plan and maybe you're pushing too much on rim bump there are other things that maybe weren't aligning overall with the process you might have to rethink your plan right now but if you were strong with your operations over the last couple of years and you had the, the good the best business plan going in, then just like anything, right? Things pop up, right? And this yeah, was, I, I think, I think keeping thing. a cool head is yeah. important. My dad used to always say, I can't control what happens outside, but I can control what happens within the four walls of my business. Sure. And I, I never forgot that, you know, he's no longer with us today, but I mean, yeah, I, I, I remember that him saying, I can, I can control what's in the four walls of my business, which means I can control the narrative. I can keep a cool head. I yeah. can lead by example. And I can make sure that you take care of your people and your team, which I think yeah. is the most important thing right now. Yeah. And of course, banks are going to remember that. Tenants are going to remember that. Investors are going to remember that. Everybody's going to remember here, depending on no matter which direction this goes, how you operate and how you act accordingly. So Robert, this has been awesome, man. I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for being on the show. For the people that want to learn more about Rockstar, Rockstar Capital, where's the best way to connect with you and your team? For sure. You know, there's something that you liked and you think you might want to invest in me. Hey, go to rockstarcapital.com, hit our investor link, and you'll be able to be on that investor call that we just had. Or if you just want to follow me on Instagram uh, at Apartment Rockstar, I've got a bunch of uh, free videos and micros and memes showing what we do on a day-to-day basis. Our job is to document our journey to get to 10,000 units. We're at just under 4,000 now. And so we'll be, we're documenting how we're handling C19 and how this is moving. Or if you want to read some cool articles from us on LinkedIn, I'm under Robert Martinez, or just want to be my friend on Facebook. Just find me at Robert Martinez. 
Love it, man. I'm a fan. I'll follow you more. Love to hear more about and love to have you back in the future. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Appreciate your time. All the listeners out there, really appreciate your time. You know you got value to hear today. Go down, hit that subscribe button. Give us a ratings review. Robert can get five stars. If, if I'm not ready for five stars, tell me what I'm worth. Tell me what I can do better. Tell me what better value I can bring to you. Again, thank you so much for your time. We'll talk to you Hey, soon. thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Bye. Join us for your second cup of coffee every Monday through Friday at noon. Live every day bringing us our best content we've done so far. Super excited, super engaging, bunch of great guests. We're here to answer your questions and we so appreciate you listening. Make sure to check this out. Can't wait to see you.